Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Monday, June 8th. I'm Wayne Pratt. Ahead, it's been another weekend of people taking to the streets of the St. Louis region to protest police brutality. In Kirkwood. No racist police! No justice police! Saturday in St. Charles. Last night in Rolla. And yesterday afternoon in St. Louis. Demonstrations also took place in Florissant, University City, Webster Groves, and other communities. Others are planned for this week. More on all that in just a bit. Also today, the Muni postpones its 2020 season, and we explore how several entrepreneurs are adjusting during the pandemic. As we mentioned, thousands took part in several demonstrations against police brutality over the weekend throughout the area. The largest was yesterday afternoon in downtown St. Louis. As St. Louis Public Radio's Kayla Drake reports, more than 2,000 showed up in sweltering heat. Black Lives Matter signs filled Market Street Sunday afternoon as a diverse crowd marched almost two miles from St. Louis City Hall to police headquarters and back. The names of black men and women killed by police officers dominated chants and echoed off buildings. Melanie Davis is a St. Louis resident and is involved with local black organizations. She says she came out to protest police brutality out of concern for her daughter and nephew's lives. They have waged a war on black, on black men and black women and we haven't done nothing. We, we just trying to live just like everybody else. Protest organizers emphasize the importance of voting to reform criminal justice. I'm Kayla Drake, St. Louis Public Radio. Following that demonstration downtown, protesters gathered last night in Florissant. They stood in front of the police department following a video shared by Real STL News over the weekend showing a Florissant police officer hitting another man with a car. The officer has been suspended and the FBI is helping with that investigation. A 24-year-old man has been charged with first-degree murder for the killing of retired St. Louis Police Captain David Dorn. Stefan Cannon of St. Louis County is also charged with burglary and possession of a firearm. 27-year-old Jimmy Robinson of Florissant has been charged with burglary, armed criminal action, and stealing. Dorn was killed this month after responding to a burglary alarm during looting at a store in North St. Louis. A private funeral is set for Wednesday. In other news, the Muni is postponing its 2020 season to next year because of coronavirus. The move creates a $4 million deficit for the theater in Forest Park. St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin reports. The Muni will avoid layoffs for its year-round staff of 35 people. But Managing Director Kofi Coleman says up to 900 actors, crew members, and ushers will have to look for work elsewhere. To produce seven large-scale shows, it just takes a lot of people. Historically, we're proud of employing so many people in this community, so this is yet another one of those really difficult results of this pandemic. To deal with the budget deficit, Muni leaders are asking season ticket holders to consider not asking for refunds and for corporate sponsors to keep their support intact even as the theater stays dark. 
They've also hit pause on the theater's capital campaign, for which they've raised $85 million so far. I'm Jeremy Goodwin, St. Louis Public Radio. Federal funding will help Metro Transit partially offset an anticipated 20% revenue drop because of the pandemic. Bi-State Development President and CEO Talby Roach says the organization has received a grant of more than $140 million. The CARES funding is absolutely critical to the stabilization of, of transit and therefore the stabilization of, of the greater St. Louis economy. Roach says some of the funding will go toward additional personal protective equipment for employees and more cleaning of metro vehicles and facilities. The pandemic means less demand and revenue for many businesses. That is especially tough for people who started their operations from the ground up. Some owners are pivoting their businesses to meet new demands. St. Louis Public Radio's Corinne Ruff spoke with several local entrepreneurs about how they are staying in business by filling new markets. Brandon Vaughn is cutting fabric in the back of his Cherokee Street boutique. He usually makes denim crop tops and colorful jackets, but these days customers only want to buy face masks. So he's making matching head wraps to give the look a little more flair. You know, you got to coordinate. If you go have a mask on your face, at least look fly, you know. Vaughn didn't intend to get in the mask-making business. In fact, he was kind of dreading it. But at the beginning of April, he reluctantly made one for his aunt, who posted it on social media. The next morning, he woke up to dozens of messages from others trying to place orders. It's really not something that I like doing. You know, I want to create fashion. I'm a fashion designer. But I guess it made a difference when I saw people picking them up and thanking me like, oh, my God, what do you, why are you thanking me for this piece of square? <laughs> Entrepreneurs have a way of knowing how to pivot. Many, like Vaughn, are refocusing their skills to fill new market gaps. St. Louis University business professor Jerome Katz says he expects to see a lot more entrepreneurs like Vaughn sell products out of necessity. They know they need to get some money. If no one's paying them, then they'll find something they can do that can get them paid. That's what Kent Householder is doing. His business, constructing conference booths for companies, came to a screeching halt in March. In order to keep his eight full-time employees, Householder decided to start a new business, making cubicles for the era of coronavirus. Within weeks of launching, they started taking orders to install temporary barriers to protect workers heading back into the office. This is not something we've got six months or a year to get accomplished. As the business is called, they're pretty much ready to get these things installed now. And luckily, that's something we're good at. Kevin Lemp is filling another gap. His business, Four Hands Brewery, started making hand sanitizer for his staff late March and quickly expanded to sell the product locally. The second floor of his tap room used to be filled with people sipping beers. Now it's completely devoted to bottling and labeling hand sanitizer. I mean, our entire operation is a thousand times different than it was two months ago. Making the new product has also allowed him to bring back staff he previously laid off. Plus, it's helping make up for the beer sales he lost while bars were closed. Now, the brewery has produced more than 20,000 gallons of hand sanitizer for individuals and other businesses. Lemp says he'll keep making it as long as there's a need. It's not just going and selling at retail. It's, you know, Schnooks and Deerberg's buying pallets of it to make sure that the people behind the counter, to make sure that those cashiers are being protected, which in turn will hopefully make that customer a little bit more protected. 
Back on Cherokee Street, Brandon Vaughn is a little sad. He didn't get to make prom dresses this spring. For now, masks are helping pay the bills. But he's got other fashion ideas for the home, where people are spending so much of their time. I got my entrepreneur cap on because it's like I can't fold, I can't give up, you know, because this is a dream and a way is going to happen. I'm sitting here making masks and my doors are still open and I'm still in business, you know. So it's, I mean, you just got to, you guys just got to figure it out. Vaughn says he doesn't want to make masks forever, but he's glad he can make something that keeps people safe while they figure out their own way to pivot. I'm Corinne Ruff, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Maria Altman edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.